air from the state of Florida where our 45th president temporarily resides until his triumphant return to that big house in Pennsylvania Avenue in 2024. Once again, it's time for the Flagler Trump Club's Future of Flagler podcast. Here are the patriots who will keep Flagler County red while making America great again. Your host, Trump Club President Mike McElroy, along with Trump Club Vice President and Palm Coast City Councilman Ed Danko. Welcome back to the Flagler Trump Club's Future of Flagler video podcast. I'm Ed Danko, along with my co-host, Mike McElroy. Mike, we've got some breaking Trump news, but I'm going to let you tell us a couple of things before we get to that. We do, and I think it's exciting. Um, but before that, I just want to remind everybody out there, uh, we're going to have a very nice picnic on uh, May 28th. Uh, we've invited can certain candidates, select candidates, uh, One of those candidates is with us today. Yes, and uh, that will be an opportunity. So we are at the VFW from 4 to 8 p.m. May 28th, Saturday. Uh, that's our picnic. Now, on the same day, uh, a rather famous guy, as a matter of fact, somebody, uh, somebody know. you know well, yes. uh, is going to be in Daytona uh, at the Heroes uh Honor Festival. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, he has just come out uh, with a new book, Tragic Consequences, uh, which uh, tells about America's turn from faith and God and, and why things like mass shootings and, and, and uh, all kinds of issues that we have uh, are because we've rejected our Judeo-Christian background. Mm -hmm. And that is Colonel Oliver North, who's served uh, the Reagan administration, as well as his country for most of his life, put his own life in jeopardy, was threatened, uh, had an, assa an assassination uh, contract out on him. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud to say to transition on that is that one, his chief of staff, David Valinsky, who has been a member of our club and is now on our board of directors to, to fill a position that was vacant. Uh, shout out to you, David, and shout out to Colonel North. It does run the same day as our picnic but that's all day that's okay i believe the vietnam uh, uh memorial monument will be down there as well as a whole bunch of country singers and a whole bunch of stuff yeah. so oliver north was uh he's a good friend of this podcast he was our very first guest and he he supported me and endorsed me when i ran for city council so uh if you folks get a chance to go see ollie uh give him a salute for us Yes, and uh, you and I attended something that you're just about to talk about. Yes. And, and we have some breaking news from that. So we went down uh, to a fundraiser in Orlando for our friend Scotty Moore, who is running for Congress. Um, Scotty is a great conservative, a great patriot, a very religious guy, and um, we've been working hard to help get him elected. Scotty had a guest, uh, Mark Meadows, Trump, Trump's former chief of staff, was there to speak and endorse Scotty, which he did. And it was a pleasure meeting Mark. And during the Q&A part of this event, I asked Mark one question. I said, you're good friends with President Trump. He goes, I talk to him almost every night. I said, is he gonna run or is he not gonna run? And Mark Meadows looked me right in the eye and said, he's going to run. So that's like big news. That's, boy, that's the next, next best thing we'll be hearing it from Trump. But hearing it from Mark tells me that this is going to happen. Yeah, well, we've all been in suspense. What's Trump going to yeah. do? And, of course, he can't, he'll announce when he thinks it's best for his campaign because 
once he announces there's a whole bunch of legal things. Oh, there's federal election laws so, and fundraising. So he's sort of teasing people, yeah. but uh, I, we're certain he's going to run. We're certain he's going to uh, to and maybe get a handle on uh, this inflation yeah. and all the other yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And if you want to support Scotty's campaign, please go to Scotty Moore for congress.com that's scotty with a y more for f-o-r not the number congress.com and make a donation if you can because this is a democratic held seat that the republican national committee is targeted to flip we can flip this seat we can make it one of the five seats that we need to take back our congress and make america great again so please visit that website yes and uh, uh we need, as Mark Meadows said, uh, if we ever hope to get conservatives and get control in Congress, we need that I-4 corridor where Scotty is running, and he's running against a 100% a uh, blue-blooded Democrat who votes with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time. Absolutely. So uh, we believe Scotty can beat that Democrat, but first he has to get through the primaries, and we would emphasize uh, to our crowd out there and our Trumpers that the primaries, okay, in August are your most important vote. Why is that? Because that's where you select, hopefully, good conservative candidates to be on the ballot in November. Uh, we all know uh, in certain districts a Republican wins automatically, but not every Republican is a conservative. That's correct. So what else do we have, Mike? I see you have a newspaper in front of oh, you. Oh, yes. A am I in it? Well, I, I don't see my picture on the cover. I don't think Brian has you, you know, as we say, above the fold. But I did notice uh, in the letters to the editor, a fan of yours who writes ah, regularly. Robert Gordon. How did you know? Well, he, he's, he's the only... Uh, Pretty much the only liberal out there that bashes me and writes things into the observer so that they have to print what they get and so he's always looking for a way to attack me and and uh, i guess he attacked me over the fact that um i was not in support of that ethics uh requirement to sign that piece of paper telling you how to run your yes. campaign yeah they're, they're portraying you as unethical as unethical yeah. because as i said um, at city council, and I managed to sway the entire council in this direction that, you know, this was government overreach. Government has no business coming in telling you what's ethical, what's not ethical, because who's going to judge? Government? As I said, what, the Joe Biden ministries of untruth will come in and say, hey, you're, you're lying about this issue because you're a conservative, you're a Republican. And they don't like what you have to say. And if we notice that Joe Biden's little ministry of uh, untruths or whatever they were calling it. Ministry of uh, uh, disinformation. Disinformation. We notice that didn't last very long. No. That, that has fallen off the tracks um, because people realize the government has no business telling, yeah. being fact checkers. Uh, on a campaign or anything you post on a social media platform, or for that matter, anything that we might say right here. Government has no business um, uh, getting involved in that. So we killed this in Palm Coast. Uh, it will not be a, a form, as they wanted it to be a form that was voluntary to sign. Well, guess what would happen next? Then it would be a requirement. Mm -hmm. And then they would start being the thought police. Well, and, and who is always the liar ah. in, in any campaign? It's the conservatives. Sure, so sure. If you mind. look at President Trump, 
according to 98% of the media, he lies all the time. Yeah. If you look at, pick a conservative candidate, yeah. anything they say, if it's God, family, country, is a lie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, if, if you say that the United States is not a racist institution, it's a lie. If the Constitution uh, is is uh, if you try to say the Constitution is not outdated and we should adhere to it, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. So so that's what the left does. I don't know anything about Bob Bob Gordon, but my first guess is that he's a quote progressive, which in reality means he's recessive. <laughs> I've gotten a bunch of messages from him over the last couple of years, and I can tell you this: he didn't vote for uh, Donald Trump. And he's still a big Joe Biden fan. And I'm sure he's happy every time he fills up his tank now with all, you know, $5, $4.50 gasoline. Well, and more to come, I'm more sure. More to come, yeah. without a doubt. But anyway, speaking of conservatives, we have a great guest today. We have a conservative America First candidate who's running for school board here in Flagler County. We have Lance Allred. Lance, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I'm super excited. Hello, Trump Nation. All right. So um, you're, you're running for school board. Tell us some of the issues that are important to you. Um, well, uh, growing up, my father was a retired teacher and a coach for 37 years. Uh, my mother is a retired guidance counselor, teacher, and a coach for 32 years. Uh, my wife of over 20 years is a teacher and a coach. Uh, so growing up, education was always really important to my family. Um, I've got two teenage daughters that are in the school system, so uh, I have a vested interest in making sure they receive the best education that we can give them. Uh, you have a background in some uh, 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 working for the government in some uh, other countries. you want to tell us a little bit about that background? Some, some interesting places, not necessarily vacation spots. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was uh, hired by the Department of uh, Defense. Uh, as a contractor, uh, did six tours in Afghanistan, um, oversaw off-base construction in western and northern Afghanistan, uh, was originally supposed to be a, a one deployment gig, but it ended up being six tours. Sounds a little dangerous. Um, very interesting. Um, I grew one of those uh, majestic uh, Civil War general beards. <laughs> it was just, it was beautiful. Um, and. You know, you do that because when you're working off base, um, we we never we never had set mission times or dates uh, for safety. Had a security team. Uh, we gained intelligence. We worked uh, in unison with our special operations uh, community because I didn't look for trouble, but we always shared intel. We wanted to uh, try to make sure we were as safe as possible there. Um, oversaw tens of millions of dollars worth of construction. Um, Happy to say that on my second tour, they let me come in and look at the pricing and what we were paying. And sure enough, uh, we were paying three times too much. I know it's shocking. shocking uh, only three paying, times? Only three times. Right. Um, but um, because of that, we were able to put some new pricing measures in place. I'm credited with saving government over $37 million. Um, I'm something very proud of that. Um, so I, I look forward to trying to bring that experience uh, to the school board, uh, look at budgetary matters. Um, look at some of the maintenance costs that we spend on a yearly basis and then try to correct the ship. Let's get that ship going in the right direction and focus on the education of our kids. So uh, Joe Biden's departure from Afghanistan, that must have been a little personal to you. Um, 
I was receiving up to 10 texts a day from uh, Afghan Afghans that I worked with, interpreters, some of the people that really had helped us, and they were begging me for help. Um, it, it was excruciating. We left Americans behind. We left those Afghan Afghanistan people behind that helped our war effort. 100%. Over there. And it, it was just absolutely disgraceful what Joe Biden did. Yes, and I, I really believe, you know, the weakness that we showed there um, has actually led to some of the oligarchs around the world, uh, perhaps the invasion of Ukraine, feeling, in, feeling empowered that we weren't going to do anything, that no one was going to. And, and when you do that, it does set a, it does set a tone uh, in our foreign policy. Weakness invites aggression. Ronald Reagan said it best, right, Mike? He certainly did. He also said, you can run, but you can't hide. So, uh, we, um, a couple of issues crop up to mind that have certainly come up this year. The first one on the school board, uh, and I should say probably more last year, uh, was mask mandates. So, we had a couple of our board members uh, that were in favor of masking children mandatorily. Uh, your position on that? Um, I'm against mandates. Um, I felt that it was a government overreach. Um, I think we're perfectly capable of uh, looking into our lives and our health issues and our own health concerns and deciding for ourselves whether we need to mask up or not. Um, I've had COVID numerous times, um, but I'm lucky that I'm one of the um, over 98% who, uh, who recovered. Um, and I always find it very interesting when we start talking about COVID that um, the natural immunity is never really in question and never brought up. And I think, you know, it, people are responsible. They can make their own decisions as far as as far as masking. And should uh, and should make all of their own health care decisions. The CDC omitted a lot of information, as we've seen in, in uh, the Pfizer uh, uh, dump of documents. And uh, the fact of the matter is some people do suffer from, uh, you know, uh, problems with vaccinations. So uh, all of those decisions should be individually based, not mandated by government. And I uh, thank God our governor here, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, whom we certainly look forward to be reelected, hopefully handle it, get out again in August and, 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 and in November and vote. Don't take anything for granted. You came very close four years ago to having a Democrat. Very, very uh, uh, a bad Democrat, too, without a question of a doubt. It would have been a disaster. We're going to take a break uh, for commercial break, and we will be back shortly. Tired of sitting at home restless? Need to exercise? Playing golf is one of the best ways to stay fit, and golf courses are one of the safest places to be. The gorgeous 18-hole Gary Player-designed Cypress Knoll Golf Course is open to the public. Enjoy your game in the heart of Palm Coast, surrounded by nine glimmering lakes and plenty of wildlife. Your safe and healthy choice is Cypress Knoll Golf, voted the most beautiful course in Flagler County. Call to book your tee time, 437-5807. That's 437-5807. We are back with our guest, Lance Allred. So, school board. Jill Woolbright made a big fuss about a book recently. Where do you stand on that issue? Um, well, there, there's a, a group of books, actually. Um, the Moms for Liberty have, uh, have been pretty vocal statewide about this. Uh, just off the top of my head is someone who's been being on the front lines of this. Um, I really like the policies. Um, that have been enacted. Um, 
the parents need to need to have a choice in the in the education of their children. Um, some of these books are very questionable, um, and they need to have control over whether or not their 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 children are allowed to read them. Now, liberals will tell you that government should have control of your children, not you. Yeah, um, you have no business as, as a parent. Uh, trying to tell the school professionals uh, what to do. Yeah, I have a fundamental disagreement with that. Um, no one is going to raise your kid like you do. Um, no one's going to care for your kid like the parent. Um, and I really supported uh, Governor DeSantis' uh, parental rights bill. Um, I thought that, if anything, maybe it could have went further than third grade. A lot of people um, feel that. Yeah. Um, yep. Some great mental health issues uh, covered in that bill as well that get ignored. But, but parents do need to have more control and say so over the education of their children. Uh, and, you know, as, as we know from a computer, there's old uh, terminology says garbage in, garbage out. And uh, the kids reading this, some of these books are they, they very, very questionable. Um, and if the state and the Florida Department of Education feel that those books should be on the bookshelves of, of, of schools, then the parents should also have right to not have their kids read them and so uh that's that's pretty much where i stand on that uh the board also faced some decisions about adopting language specifically for special groups uh in terms of uh instead of just using the general bullying policy that no student should be bullied for every reason they wanted to infuse in their uh, certain groups. There's been a lot of activism going on on the campus. The story right now is uh, a young man who led a walkout in favor of uh, LGBTQ and transgender at the school was disciplined, and he feels the disciplining is preventing him from running for school uh, for uh, president of, of the class. So, um, where are your standings on that kind of thing? Um, well, I know the school board has been addressing uh, the work, the walkout clause, and uh, there was some disagreement on whether the wording was too ambiguous. And so I know they've uh, reached out to, I think, Alachua County to get some of that wording and, and kind of bring it up to, uh, to make it a little bit more modern wording. But um, from what I understand, um, the student who led that um, was, he, he put in his what he wanted to do a walkout. We've had student walkouts. All, I mean, we had a student walkout when I was in high school. So student walkouts do happen. Um, and he put in, but then he, he didn't abide by the rules that uh, of the walkout. And that's why he's been punished. And, you know, consequences of decisions. Uh, if, he, if he didn't abide by, the, by those rules, there are consequences to that. Um, that said, I, uh, I think we need to be more uh, primarily concerned with the security of that. There were some, some security lapses during that protest. These, if, they, if the kids need to do this, they need to be secure. We need to make sure we don't lose security uh, because student walkouts will happen. I think they'll happen in the future. But the security of that has to be maintained. And then the policies that we put in place have to be agreed to. Um, and that's uh, as soon as the school board uh, comes up with these this, this new policy, uh, uh, it's kind of in the works right now. It's hard for me to make a definitive stance because I don't really have a say-so in it. But just reading it, they've been batting this thing for, back and forth for months. Yeah, so disorder 
brings anarchy, and anarchy frequently brings violence. So you want things to remain orderly. You have to keep things under control. I've spent 40 years as a policeman, and I know what happens on the street if you don't control what's going on. So right, and, and we had we had small glimpses of that during the. Uh, during the election year when we had rioting and looting. And yes, we know what happens when that when people are allowed to run amok. So for those kids in, in our school system, security is a primary concern. And and that's where we really need to, to have our focus on these issues in my in my mind. Every parent's worst nightmare with a school is a school shooting. And we've seen quite a few of them over the years. Uh, as a journalist, I covered many school shootings. I was in Columbine. Um, I was in Arkansas. Um, I was in Paducah, where we had a school shooting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I've, I've lost count of the ones that I covered. Um, do you think we have enough security in our schools? Do you think we need additional armed deputy sheriffs? Or what else can we do to make sure we never go through a situation like that? Well, I think there's a couple aspects about that. Um, you know, I feel like we have reasonably good security in our schools, um, but this goes further than just the schools. Um, we've had some school, we've had not school shootings, but we've had some shootings of young people in, in our county, uh, three come to mind in, in very recent history. Um, these, this is uh, policing, community policing. Um, and one of the things that I've really seen that I think is gonna have a great impact is the city of Benel has uh, in, the, in the last month or so, they've went out on the street, they've walked the street, they've met people, um, they've played basketball, they've um, just engaged the community. Uh, and I think that when you do this type of policing, I think it has a lasting impact. And I think that is how we defeat some of the violence that these kids have, and then they bring it into the schools we, 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 we nip it in the bud right there in their communities. And so it's a, I, I credit uh, City of Benel is doing a fantastic job with that. And I think that is a model that I think will be successful. Well, uh, and, and again, I think it comes back to the point of, of Colonel North's book, Tragic Consequences. Uh, when you lack morality, when you lack uh, Judeo-Christian values, violence is easy. So although our left-wing friends would say the guns bring violence, the fact of the matter is uh, most of the legal gun owners are not the problem. Right? There's 400 million guns in the United States. If I have evil or hate in my heart and I want to commit a crime, getting a hold of a gun is not really going to be a problem if that's what I'm determined to do. So uh, what we need to do is change the cultural values and the religious uh, focus and not focus on the gun. The gun doesn't walk around and fire itself. Someone's firing it. In Buffalo, uh, where that young man filled with hate went in to kill people he didn't know because of their race, uh, I also shout out to the retired Buffalo police officer who was in security there, killed. Uh, trying to stop that violence and trying to stop people uh, from being killed there. He is uh, certainly a hero in my book. But that's where the focus has to be. I mean, we've turned education around to the point where you can mention all kinds of horrendous things in school, but if the word God slips from your lips or religion, uh, and, and I want to remind people, this was not so 
until there were some pretty egregious uh, decisions made uh, by courts uh, to, to turn around what was prior to that common in schools, values, morality. So the thing you don't want is I don't want to send my kid to school after spending time and giving them my values and my thoughts and have them undone by some paid, quote, professional, unquote. Yeah, um, it's really, it really is a core question of values and where they come from. Um, my dad was an elder in a church and uh, my brother and I, we, we used to joke around that we had drug problems growing up because every time the doors were open at the church, they drug us in there. <laughs> um, so that, I feel fortunate that uh, that is kind of where the, my values stem from. Where do some of these other values and principles, if they don't come from there, where do those values and principles come from? Um, we know that our, our friends on the left, they love government. Government is the answer. They push government nonstop. Is that where their values and principles are driven? Because it is a value, it is a value question. And uh, my principles and values uh, come from a different, different place. Well, they've replaced uh, Judeo-Christian values with a set of, uh, of political values, okay? And yes, our progressive friends almost worship government. Government is a religion, the belief that government can stop everything. And the more you examine government, the less you can see it can stop nothing. Joe Biden promised us, elect me, no more COVID deaths. Guess what? More COVID deaths under Joe Biden than under the mismanagement from our our uh, press of uh, of Donald Trump during COVID. So, and now we see lots of breakthrough infections, even on the vaccines, which would be expected because it's a virus and it mutates. Uh, government can do whatever they can do, but they can't stop viruses from mutating. So uh, this overreach, this notion that everything we have is consolved by just some government decision is reflexive and particularly on the left. So on a more important issue <laughs> in schools, uh, there are students apparently that want to think they're kitty cats or some other kind of farm animal or whatever. Are you in favor of putting kitty litters in the restroom? <laughs> uh, no, but I do think uh, I do think we're going to single single bathrooms. Uh, I don't think the I think the time of having a uh, where you walked into uh, the boys' bathroom and there be multiple stalls. I think in multiple urinals. I think those times are coming quickly to a close. I think schools in the future are going to have single stalls with doors, and it will be pretty much like one door, like one, one bathroom. One you get in line, bathroom, wait, and you'll have three or four of them. And and I think that's the construct, the future of construction in in our school system. So that way you won't have more security. Boys dressed as girls They'll going into girls' stall. rooms or anything of that nature. And there's a security issue as far as that. I mean, we all know. I mean, I'm I'm a little older. I mean, we do bad things happen in those boys' bathrooms between between no. classes. There's you know, there's all kinds of mayhem and <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. So you're running against another conservative, your primary opponent. What's the difference between you and him? Um I think I just bring I, I think I just bring a, a different set of leadership skills uh, through being a business owner, um, overseeing and, and facing the challenges of, of dealing with employees, um, you know, working in big groups, leading those groups, uh, Afghanistan, 
overseeing multi-million dollars worth of construction, um, mission planning, uh, mission success. Um, and I've, I've just had a lifelong history of getting things done in even the most difficult situations. Um, and I don't, and I think also with my mother and my father and my wife being teachers, I bring that uh, an educational background that he just doesn't have. Um, and I think uh, when you when you look at that whole package, I just think I'm a, a stronger candidate. So do you have a website or a Facebook page? Where can people find out more about Lance? Well, I, I have a personal uh, Facebook page, Lance Allred. Uh, I have, um, uh, it's Lance Allred for School Board on Facebook. And then I do have a web, website, it's Vote lanceallred.com and that's vote lance l-a-n-c-e allred a-l-r-e-d.com any uh events coming up where people can meet you um i um i try to make as many events as possible um i've i call, i have an open door policy so i can be messaged i can be emailed i can be called i just had an event today went very well and so we're always booking up but yes the events are uh, Almost on a weekly basis, we're hitting event after event. Will you be at our Trump picnic this Saturday? Um, oh, I won't this, be. Next, or next Saturday. Ne- next, yes, I will Next be. Saturday, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> this Saturday. No, oh, next Saturday on the 28th. to be a dad this Saturday. Yeah, on the 28th, you will be available for people to meet you at the VFW between 4 and 8 p.m. at our indoor picnic. Would love. Would love to. That's great. Well, we're just about out of time. I want to remind you folks to visit our website. Uh, Flagler4Trump.com. That's Flagler number four, as you see on your screen, dot com. And uh, we will see you folks in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to seeing you too. The Future of Flagler is sponsored by the Flagler Trump Club. Our meetings are every third Monday, starting at 6.30 p.m. at the Palm Coast VFW. Visit our website, Flagler4Trump.com. That's Flagler, the number four, Trump.com to learn more. Let's make America great again.